0: What's up everyone? I'm here today with Angela Gomez who I just remembered I was elected to be with her most likely to be president of the United States in high school um, and that's really cool because uh, we went to high school together and we actually haven't talked for two years and so it's cool to come back and learn a little bit more about the, the tracks that we've been on. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: I was born and raised in Salinas but my parents are both from a very small town in Jalisco uh, called Capilla de Guadalupe. They were both born and raised there. And my dad came over to the US when he was 17 years old. And before him, my grandpa, my dad's dad uh, came became a Bracero and also worked in Salinas when he was 17 years old. So kind of my motivation to go to college really came from this drive that my both my grandpa and my father had. They were like always like very young, very like willing to work. But my grandpa obviously had 13 kids back in Mexico and my grandma to support. And my, grand- and my dad, when he came to the U.S., he had to work to, like, help with his, like, brothers and, like, his dad, who was actually retiring at the time, because my dad is the youngest. So he didn't get a chance to finish high school either. And my mom, living in a small town in Mexico, didn't um, go to high school either. So they're both middle school level, like, graduates, which, um, despite of that, like, they always imparted on me that it's really important to be educated just because it allowed things to be a lot easier later in life. So growing up, like my mom, I would like tell my mom I'm gonna go to like college, and then my mom would respond like "Si tú quieres ir, like págalo solo," and then which is basically like if you wanna go, you have to pay for it yourself. So from very a very young age, um, there was a like very like real motivation realizing that if I really wanted to go, this is something I had to do on my own, Um, and also like independence was something that like my dad and my mom put a lot of effort into like kind of culturing into me, kind of like really helping like develop in myself. A lot of that also came from just being like, you know, like the oldest being like, I feel like being like the oldest like daughter in any kind of household puts like a lot on like your shoulders just because there's a lot of responsibility and like older sibling and like being like the oldest to your siblings, helping like parents along. And in like my case, I was just always like, an Example to like my siblings, so that's always been kind of like a motivation to like always be better and like do better. So, when the time came around in high school that I was like, Oh, how am I gonna do high school? Um, a lot of it was really okay, so how can I like go into best classes, get like the best grades, put time into like studying? But a lot of it was also like, How do I want to give back? Uh, there were things that were really important to me, um, health and equity, um, health was like something that. Uh, was really important to my family because there's like a long, gen- like generational, like history of like really like bad like diabetes and like ha- cardiovascular disease and like cancer on my mom's side of the family. So, and like the lack of like healthcare in Mexico like really made it troublesome. And then also seeing my mom struggle with like lack of access in like healthcare offices because of like language barriers. So that became really important to me. Uh, And that like led to like my extracurricular activities and a combination of those things along with like my own personal, like desire to go to like college and like get an education to do something more. And also kind of a desire to like want to have space for myself kind of motivated me to like really apply uh, both to a lot of scholarships and to a lot of colleges. And the colleges I applied to um, were more on the like um, private university end um, really selective ones, my, primarily because they had really great financial aid. And on the back of my head, it was always my mom's voice telling me, if you want to go to college, you have to pay for it yourself. Uh, so that was like the main motivation. So when I applied to like 23 colleges, I fully did not expect to get into most of them. Um, my my idea was if I applied to all of them, one of them is going to stick, and then I'll go to that one. But as it turns out, um, all but one of them stuck. So I was left with choices. Um, So in the end, I was like um, deciding between wanting to go to like Harvard or Princeton or Stanford. And I ended up going to Stanford because I did really love my community in California and in Salinas. And I didn't want to be that far away from it. Even though I did want space, I felt like it was important to still be able to come back, especially considering that so much of that what I learned and what I received being at this like very well researched like college was something that I wanted to be able to like spread to like people that I knew back home who were also kind of going through these like things but it was like uh, also like a deep panic that what if I don't get into like any high level and like financial aid school then I need like a backup so that motivate the scholarship portion but I feel like scholarships are something that are always like talked about but no one ever like explicitly tells you how to get a scholarship, they're just like apply to scholarships. And you know, that's really vague. (laughs) So there are a lot of websites and like apps, obviously, that like you can use to find scholarships. But something that I found really helpful was actually like being able to like sharing scholarships was like actually what made it like the most useful for me to find them. Because when I was like looking through like scholarships, obviously there's gonna be like a lot that don't apply to me but I realized that there were a lot that apply to like other people. So sharing them actually gave me motivation to like continue looking for them. And it also kind of, I think in a sense, when there's like a sense of community in like places like Salinas or like even like among like my friends in high school, like sharing resources, especially considering that like, you know, life isn't a competition. So there's like no real need to like hoard things. Um, kind of like makes it easier, not only for like other, like for you to like do something, but also for other people to get what they need. And I found both like in my time growing up here in Salinas and also like within the communities I've made at Stanford that in general, when you like reach out to like help someone, if you need help, they will help you back. I truly think that people are kind if you give them a chance. And I guess in terms of my story, Uh, It seemed really sensational when it came out, you know, it was on the newspaper, like girl gets into like 21 colleges or whatever. Um, But I feel like the process behind it was really something that was motivated out of like a deep desire to like, A, want to like have the resources to like come back and support my community, B, like find a time for myself, which I feel like any person who, who like wants to like grow up and like either get a job or go to college really does have. So you just kind of like finding like a space and like a feasible way to like do it was applying to all these schools and like being able to like find like a place where like I'd be like financially and like academically and personally supported. And in the end, that place like for me was Stanford, even though like it hasn't been all sunshine and daisies. uh, Stanford has been really good for my growth. It's really helped me come into my own
0: um i know that you were talking a little bit more that you were doing a research project with stanford can you talk a little bit more about that
1: yeah so um i study sociology and comparative studies in race and ethnicity uh, as a double major at stanford and i've got a sophomore research grant which is called like the chapaloojee to do essentially a uh, ethnography of like families in salinas so i'm looking at different families who have students in high school and how they approach the college-going process um, comparatively and kind of like analyzing family dynamics and how parents play into the decision that students make about applying to college, where they want to go to college, and overall like what they think their future holds. It's something that was very big with me, especially because my family found it really tough for me to leave Salinas once upon going to college. I'm quite practically only like an hour and a half drive, two hours of traffic, but that seems like a huge distance for a first-gen family who like hasn't ever had like someone go to college or doesn't know what the college experience may be like for their child. Uh, So kind of working with families and like currently like starting like the interview process for them has been like really interesting to see how parents also kind of see this whole process. And it's been really enlightening and I think something to like kind of get across is like, this is a community level experience. Like it's something both parents and students are kind of facing at the same time, Um, especially in places where like, there are so few college educated like um, parents, just because of like the nature of like the community Um, to kind of have an understanding that this is something that like the students and parents are going through together, but also like the students have to support each other and like, there should be resources for parents to support each other. I know now that I'm off to college, my mom talks about how she, proud she is. She goes to like Alvarez events. Well, before COVID-19, she went to Alvarez events with my sister and she was like, yeah, like, like if you're like someone really wants to go to college, she should talk, he, he, he should talk to my daughter. She did all these really cool things. And it's been a really nice change, especially considering that when I was a lot younger, my mom didn't really think it was possible. me to go to college because of the feasibility but I think seeing someone do it for the first time really does open like the possibility for like someone else to do it and I think even more important than that is like if someone does it for the first time that they don't just like look ahead without looking back it's really important that like any path you forge other people could walk on it so I feel like always giving back is something that I'm going to try to make my personal goal. It's been a little difficult with like the COVID-19 situation because ethnographies generally require you to like spend a lot of time with the people you're interviewing um, and observing them. And on the virtual format, it's been like a readjustment, but it's been really like interesting to kind of go through that process. And I'm really excited to see how the project pans out.
0: Just hearing your story obviously spurs a lot of questions and the one main one that I think a lot of people are wanting to end, like wanting to hear is like, how did you do it? Like what tips do you have so that I can replicate what you did? But before we get to that point, I really want to touch upon the feelings and thoughts you were having throughout this whole process, because I think that sometimes that's overlooked. You obviously worked hard and you obviously put in a lot of time. And like, I remember those times where like you were applying for scholarships during lunches and like I was, Although like not directly, I was very indirectly there because we were applying to the same scholarships a lot of the time, um, and it and it, it's a lot of work. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about how you were feeling and maybe like how you overcame those thoughts as well?
1: So throughout the process, how I was feeling was kind of an int- I don't I you probably don't have like the video description, but the one cartoon of the little dog who's like sitting in fire. And it just says, I'm fine. That was kind of my emotional state throughout like the whole application process, essentially from like August to December, because at any given point in time, I was just really, really busy. I have like these like seemingly endless to-do lists. I'd be like, I have to apply to like scholarship A and scholarship B. Oh, but I also have to like, rewrite my personal statement and um, all these other things simultaneously with like AP classes or like extracurriculars or even just like my mom saying I have to do the dishes every time I come home so that's obviously like really stressful because just so much is going on and um, if you if I, I don't know if, if anyone from Salinas who went to Hardin is listening to this but multitasking is a myth is probably true, but essentially, what got me through a lot of this was the capacity to really make the same thing work multiple times. So, something that I learned very early on—that's something I felt like no one really told me—and I kind of figured it out—is that no one really expects you to like apply to like a hundred scholarships with a hundred different scholarship essays, or like even like a hundred different scholarship applications. Um, something that really it's kind of common. It's like there's like a lot of really similar questions or a lot of really like similar prompts in like college application story in college applications that you could essentially kind of replicate and like modify for each one. So really big thing when you're applying to colleges for scholarships is learn to make your work work for you rather than you always like working for the application. So like once you write something, really put an effort to like make that like a good piece of writing, especially if it's like an essay on like your personal experience or like your extracurriculars because those two things come up really often. There's some really specific like college college and application essays, but for like the most part, like 75% of the time, like you're gonna find that like you could use like four to five essays for like basically all applications with like a few modifications and they work out pretty well. And the other big part is also just really, even if you're like already like applying like this fall or like if you're much younger and you're like applying later something that I found was really big um both during like the application process and like after when I got to read my like admission file once I like started going to Stanford and also like later when I started like applying to like other fellowships is that letters of recommendation really do matter and there's something that are not really, like, overlooked, but they, they're not seen as, like, like a vital part, part of, like, any application, but what other people say about you really does kind of sway a lot of decisions, and it really does convey kind of, like, conviction, like, your personal traits, so I feel like those are the two biggest things, make your essays work multiple times, and really get to know your recommenders.
0: What sort of, like, I guess, things did you do to help you de-stress and help you like move forward and not drown in your own work. Um, Like for example, for me, it's playing basketball. And I I just like asking this question because it shows that there's so many different types of things that you can do to help you de-stress and like to move forward and to keep pushing you.
1: Yeah, so something that I've gotten really into in like the last um, two years or so that I've been at Stanford is like dance and like Zumba. So they're like regularly hold like zumba and dance classes like the gyms or like group clubs and I'd always go to them like every week and that's something that's really helped me to stress so like physical movement in high school I did tennis and swimming uh so that also really helped um, moving like my body endorphins from exercise are real and they do help um just this morning I did a workout and I felt so much better <laughs> about my life um, but other things that I really, that I really think are de-stressful is just also reading things for like fun. Like I feel like, especially once I got to college, um, reading became so associated with like work for me that it lost kind of like all of its like pleasure. And I remember when I was little, I like used to, I, I would like love to read. I would like pick up a Percy Jackson book and like read it in like two, three days. And now I like pick up like a book that i class and I read, I have to read it in two weeks and I just go, ah. I don't wanna do this. I read comics a lot. Um, One of my cousins is like studying to become an animator. So whenever they send me like comics, I always read them and they're really fun. Yeah, so kind of like finding things that give you like pleasure and like giving yourself the time to do that without feeling guilty. Cause I feel like, especially when you get really busy, you feel like really bad for doing something for fun when you could be doing work, working through that feeling and recognizing that if you do only work, like, you're going to burn out really quickly. So you need to give yourself space to, like, A, relax, and B, have fun. And also, like, most importantly, sleep. I feel like sleep is really underrated among college students and high school students applying to things. But once I figured out that I, if I got, like, nine hours of sleep a night, I was much better at doing my work, and I was also much happier. I just sleep. Like, I could be doing an essay, but if it's, 11 p.m. I'm going to go to bed.
0: (laughs) I think that there's a lot of students who would love to be in your position in terms of past history and like where you're going in the future. Um, And I know you talked a little bit more about, you know, tips and tricks to like apply for scholarships and applications in general, but what would you tell that student or maybe even yourself in the past, um, some more pieces of advice or really like things to live by because everything that you've gone through has been special like it's not something that you hear about on the news like every single day and it's been something that inspires me and that inspires like a lot of people um who are listening right now and i just wanted to ask you that question because i don't know if you missed anything or if you simply wanted to restate something so that people can really ingrain that into their own mind
1: if i had to give some advice to my past self um it would be personally to like really like reflect on the things that you're doing like in the moment that you do them rather than to just like do them for like like the sake of doing them out of habit because I did a lot of things that I really loved in like high school but I felt like I never really gave myself the space to like really think about what I was doing or like even just like think about what were like the good and bad things that came out of things and just kind of like pushing forward because there was such a mentality of like always doing things, always, like, going ahead, and I feel like the reflection process is something that I missed out upon and, like, would have been really useful, both in, like, applications and, like, otherwise. So mm. like, applications often, like, ask you to, like, reflect on, like, what was important and, like, why, and I felt like when I first came across the question, I had a really hard time, like, asking myself, like, why I was doing the things I was doing. Uh, so kind of like going into like the mindset like what you're doing you have to understand like your motivations going into it but you have to kind of give yourself the space to be like this is what I want to get out of this um this is how I grew from this experience this is what I wish i had gone better um it doesn't have to be like a whole like thing it could just be like taking like five minutes out of your day and being like what did I do today that I liked what did I do today that I didn't like um how could I do tomorrow like better or like things like that and I feel like Once I got into like the habit of like reflecting and like checking in with myself, um, I feel like my work and like what I've been doing like at Stanford got a lot more meaningful both to like me and it also like motivated me a lot more. So I feel like having that in high school would have been like really useful. So when 16 year old me was asked the question what I wanna do with my life, I would have had an answer that made a lot more sense based on my personality, just rather than like just picking what I thought I wanted to do
0: you talked about your past um, in terms of growing up and how your mother told you, you know, if you want to go to college, you have to pay for it yourself. Was there any other sort of experiences that were also in your mind as you moved forward uh, in terms of college? And if you're willing to share those just so that we can understand a little bit more about your perspective and really like your motivation moving forward.
1: One of the things that kind of like really came across when I was like, applying to college and something that I actually wrote a lot about in like my application essays was just kind of how salient like the idea of like gender was in like my whole life. Like there was very like mentality of like girls don't go out of the house, like they don't leave the house until like they're married uh, and they shouldn't leave for any other reason. Like if you go out after like a certain time, you have like your parents have to know exactly who you're going with, who their parents are and they have to know those parents. And there was just like a whole like a host of things that kind of like really implied that like a like a woman's place or like a girl's place was like not really to like leave home and kind of like expand barriers. So the idea of like leaving and like physically having to move out to go to college um, was something that was like really hard on like my parents to like accept. Um, it took a lot of convincing for them to like even let me go like, away for a week when I went to, like, Camp Royal in the summer before my, like, senior year, I, I think it took me, like, a month to convince them that a week away from home and, like, a summer camp where I'd come back and be taken care of by adults wasn't a bad thing, Um, but in the end, I did convince them, and I feel like it was really important for me to, like, ease them into it gradually, so that was, like, the first thing, and then the second thing was me going to Girl State and then leaving to, like, LA for a week, and then, like, like during like my senior year, I applied to like fly-ins, which are a hidden gem, by the way. If it will, they pay for you to like go visit a college and depending on the college, there might, there may or may not be one. I went to Wellesley's and University of Pennsylvania's fly-ins and that was a whole experience getting them to let me fly across the country on my own at a whole 17 years old Uh and kind of, like, experience that on my own, and then slowly kind of, like, assimilating to the idea that I could be an independent person outside of, like, the household and take care of myself um, without, you know, like, my parents' interference. I feel like that was something that was always on the back of my mind as I was applying, and as I was kind of, like, growing up and, like, moving through life, kind of, like, coming into my own as, like, an independent person, but especially, like, specifically the independent woman, um, because that was something that know was not really like done in like my family before again because like no one had like gone to college before and um before like that everyone lived in mexico and in the town that we were from everyone knew each other so why would you like move out and all these other things
0: it's very honestly for me eye-opening because you talk about independence and you talk about gender and like how they're directly influenced and affected can you talk a little bit more about how you gain that independence. And I know that's a hard question. It's like a very broad and general one, but I I wanted to ask because by what you're telling me and what I've seen before, you're just super independent and you're a person who's gonna go out of her way to like get what she wants. And I think that that's something super important that everyone should be able and willing to do. And sometimes, especially being part of the Latinx community, it can be hard to doing that
1: when it comes to kind of create like like creating your own sense of identity and becoming independent especially like as a part of the, like Latino community um, a lot of it really came about with like proving yourself physically and financially capable so like my parents are like very firm on the fact that if i wanted to do something i had to kind of like earn it or like Get, get it myself, so if like I wanted to like, go visit University of Pennsylvania, I had to apply to this flying and they would be paying for me to go, or otherwise I wouldn't be able to go. I want to go to like the summer program, okay, then they better have like then they better be like providing like my meals and stuff, or else like they wouldn't give me like uh, money to like go. So a lot of it came with like kind of like demonstrating that you had the capacity to be independent to like, um, like the, my family specifically in order to like kind of gain it. Um, or like gain like their understanding that I was able to be independent on my own Uh, similarly to like college um, they knew from a very young I knew from a very young age that they wouldn't let me go unless I was able to pay for it myself so when I proved myself capable of getting that they were like okay I get and you've also been doing other things so I guess you're able to go to college now so they did come to visit me every once in a while but I feel like once we kind of, I kind of got into the group of things and they realized that I was doing really well, um, like enjoying my classes, um, although like kind of creating like a sense of like my own independence and my capacity to solve my own problems. Once they like saw it in action, they started believing in it. So now that I'm like older and I've been at college for two years and like I like pay for my own prom dress and my prom tickets and my like graduation and everything, um, they've kind of like realized that because of like my own like sense of independence both like financially and like personally that they're able to like trust that I'm able to care of myself. But like beyond that, they've always been like really adamant that like if I ever do like need something or like I'm in trouble, like they will help me. Uh, but they're like really emphasizing that as long as I'm capable, they really want me to try to be independent, uh, to kind of like maintain this like level of like freedom personally. And now that I'm adult, I'm like a 19 year old, like legally an adult. I have, like, a lot more, like, freedom, uh, somewhat, like, kind of, like, move about in the world in my own way.
0: Yeah, and talking talking about the Latinx community, how was that aspect of being a Latina at Stanford?
1: I grew up, um, for, like, the first few years of my life, I spent, like, a lot of time in Mexico, so I actually didn't realize what kind of Latinidad meant to me until I was in about third grade. Um, And that came about with like a few instances of like being like in a school that was like primarily white. I used to live in South Salinas in an apartment before we moved um, over closer to like North East Salinas. So I used to go to like a primarily white school. um, There were three Latinos in my class, two boys and me. And because we were like third graders, the boys only played with each other because you know, cooties. So I would, like, always hang out with, like, these white girls, and they were very different for me, like, socioeconomically, like, uh, culturally, and, like, the main thing was, like, language. At that point, I had learned English after coming in with, like, no English in, like, my kindergarten year, but my mom hadn't, so we would, like, I, I I would get, like, invites to, like, birthday parties, and, like, would go watch the Hannah Montana movie, and everyone would be, like, you know, wearing wigs and stuff, and I'd just, like, show up with, like, my trencitas that my mom made me and my mom wouldn't be speaking to like the like girl's parents or anything. Those specific instances kind of like really made me aware as to like how different my culture was from like other people's and kind of like also an understanding that it didn't like have to be the same but it wasn't really until I got to college where I kind of really began to like see how much pride I had in my own identity because after I moved from South Salinas to like Northeast Salinas in like the fourth grade, there were a lot more like people around me that like look like me and I kind of forgot it became like being Latina was always like in the back of my head, but because there were so many people who looked like me and like sounded like me and had similar experiences to me, uh, I didn't really think about it a whole lot until I went to college um, and I went to like Stanford and uh, Stanford for all its great things is uh, not super like racially and socioeconomically diverse so being a first-gen low-income latina at stanford has been a rough experience it's been a rough transition but something that really made it like worthwhile and it also made it a lot happier was kind of really finding other latinos at stanford other like low-income students at stanford that kind of really helped bridge the gap they support each other Uh, they really care about one another and their whole community is dedicated to like finding like spaces and finding like resources for each other. And I feel like coming into like those places and having that sense of like friendship and like camaraderie um, really helped shape my experience. And it also gave me pride in like my own identity despite the fact that it did make life a little bit more difficult um, like at the beginning. But I feel like the struggle would... I would not have been who I am right now without kind of like going through those moments of like adversity. And although I do not want anyone to suffer, I feel like you grow the most when you are kind of like struggling with like aspects of yourself that you weren't prepared for. So I wasn't prepared for the cultural shock of like going to a really academic institution. Uh, no one had ever told me what a like actual research paper looked like. No one taught me that like, research could be done outside of like hard sciences and that was something I learned on my own and kind of had to like go through very painful growing pains to like kind of acquire that knowledge also have like a lot of really cool friendships and like a lot of great friend groups and a lot of really cool connections that I've like made through like jobs that I've had and like doing other things
0: what are your plans for the future and what does that future look like for you
1: I'm actually really excited about this. I just got selected for a pre-graduate fellowship called Mellon Mays, um, which selects four students every year from, at least at Stanford, selects four students to basically support them academically, personally, and financially through a PhD program. Wow. Um, so I'm going to, in the future, I'm going to be applying to sociology and perhaps education PhD programs in the hopes of getting to be being able to like become a professor and also do like social science research and continuing kind of like on that pathway and also kind of expand like academia because I feel like it's a very like white and male canon and something that's been really important to me both in like my personal journey journey and also academic journey is there's a lot of intersections especially at the intersection of like race ethnicity and gender that haven't been explored yet because of this like Diverse academic population. So, mm. in the future, um, one of like my big goals is to become a Latina professor. Very excited to do so. And another like probably less academic and professional oriented goal is to get a Yorkie and name it Fuki. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: Um, I've been wanting to do that since I was in the third grade, and. Since I was in the third grade, I wanted to go to college and I wanted to get a dog named Bookie. So now that I have the first half done, I have to work on the second half.
0: (laughs) That's great. And that's awesome because I think that you have really excelled in a lot of things and you've really been able to show that when you put your mind to something like you're going to do that, you're going to do it in terms of like independence, scholarship, college, research, like academics, like the list goes on and on. And I know there's a lot of people that really supported you throughout your time. you know, at you know, high school, your parents, and so on and so forth, um, to give it like a special thanks or a, a shout out to anyone, and and don't like feel shy to just like shout out everyone. I just like to bring this up because I think it's a super important topic or theme for people to understand that it doesn't take one person to, you know, just to like succeed. It takes multiple people to be pushing you and to be throwing you forward to to do to, to to do that
1: the path to success takes a village and that is something that I definitely want to emphasize and I really uh, in terms of like shout outs I really want to give a really huge thank to my parents uh, both my grandparents um, my sister my little brother who I love all of whom I love very dearly um, my friends uh, especially um, Maximino Manzanares and Carlos Ortiz and Isaac Garcia who have been uh, some of the best people i've known since i've gotten to like college in stanford and from Selena's kind of like also the community in general all the teachers who supported me miss henry um hedgebev wp um miss cannon got so many miss mondragon especially for being my high school and middle school counselor for 6 years <laughs> and i really love your um All, like, my friends from, like, high school, so, like, Hannah, um, so many people. Yeah, I love them all.
0: (laughs) Like I said, it's really hard to be able to list everyone, because I I know that there's so many different people that have helped you, and so now, just to, like, end off, I I really do want to thank you, one, because, like, hearing your story and being able to interview you has really been an honor, because, honestly, like, I learned things that I know I'm going to be using right after we end this this call, um, that are going to help me in my life. And, and it's really amazing to be able to feel that and to be able to be a part of it. So one, thank you. And also two thank you on behalf of everyone who's listening, because you really have shown that like the Latinx community can push forward and, and they can do really anything they want if they really stick their minds to it. And if they have like the right mindset and you've shown that, anyone can do it and I mean you inspired and motivated me and I know that you're going to be able to inspire and motivate a lot of other people
1: yeah thank you so much for having me I really hope that everyone who's listening really um is able to like take something from me I really appreciate y'all for hearing me out yeah thank you